Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So good to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of TSL is working with our students. Like day in, day out, we've literally helped thousands of students to build and grow their speaking business and to share their message with the world. And I am thrilled that you have the opportunity to hear from some of them during our monthly student highlight series. Because one of the things you're going to find is their stories are going to offer really insight and, and hope no matter where you are in your speaking career. We're going to talk about exactly what they've done, how they've built their business and some of the results that they're seeing. And so for this series, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to hand the mic to one of our coaches who are in the trenches every single day, helping our students to gain the confidence, the clarity, and that clear path that they need to their very own speaking success. I know you're going to love hearing from and learning from these students. So uh, let's get right into it. Enjoy. Hey everyone, my name is Mary Alice Goldsmith. I am the Director of Student Success and I am taking over the Speaker Lab podcast today. And it is a true honor to have the opportunity to introduce you to some of our incredible students. I promise you're going to learn so much from their experiences and be inspired by their perseverance and success. And today I have the pleasure of introducing you to our one and only Francesco Samorelli. What a name. <laughs> hey, and thank you so much for having me. And yeah. Thank you for the wonderful intro. Awesome. Thanks for everyone listening. Yeah, it's so great to have you here. I think, you know, we all have a story as speakers when we're trying to build a speaking business or take our speaking business to the next level. It's so great to connect with other speakers, um, that like-minded circle that we're in. Yeah. Um, we don't always get to talk to one another. And that's one of the one of the beautiful things about the speaker lab, how we build community. And we were kind of just talking about this before we started, the gift of being able to pass it on. So I appreciate you being here and passing it on. Absolutely. Yeah. I think passing it on is it's what it's all about. It's not just getting that great gift or that information and keeping it to yourself. That's like, it just doesn't run in my blood. And I think for everyone in the speaker lab too, when they share their wins or when they're having obstacles, everyone's there to pick each other up. It's, it's a community that I think is the biggest gift of the speaker lab. Don't get me wrong. The courses and you and, the other coaches, but knowing that there's another person out there that's feeling the same pain and, and also lift you up. Yeah. So I completely agree. Pay, yeah. pay it forward. Yeah. It's important because I think the human brain could do a really good job of wreaking havoc on ourselves where it's like, I'm the only one what's wrong with me. Why can't I figure this out? Why aren't, why aren't I more, <laughs> more successful? You know? And then yeah. like you get on a group call and there's 45 people and half of them are like, I'm so frustrated. I'm stuck. Like I need help. 
and then having everybody jump in and help one another. It's, it's, it's one of the highlights. Like when I get to do the um, Q and a calls, I love doing those calls because I kind of sit back and I'm like, go for it. And everybody just dives in and helps one another. It's really awesome. And, and just, just to add that and onto that, when we're, when we have our wins, I, I know that some people probably feel this way. It's like, well, what is he doing or is she doing right? That it's not working for me. And I feel that way every single day, at least for a couple of minutes a day. I actually gave a TEDx talk about this, changing that feeling like why them and not me and this, this tiny bit of envy or jealousy. And I'll be vulnerable to share that. I do feel that. And mm. since it's a natural human emotion, most sure. of us feel it. And if you don't want to admit it, I, I won't, I won't put, you know, push it against you. But my point I'm trying to make is when you finally see like, well, how did you do it? And they're so happy to share, you know, and, and I think that jealousy turns into admiration and admiration turns into possibly a friendship or collaboration. And I love, love that part about the speaker lab too. It's like, well, this is, this is not only what I did or what I'm going to do for my next 10 gigs and how I, but how I got there. That's so cool that someone in your field maybe will be like, Hey man, this is what I did. Maybe it'll work for you. And yeah. not just like, Hey, this is what I did. So you just see the, the shiny car and like the reward, but you don't mm-hmm. see all the hard work and effort, which we all know it takes a lot of effort. For sure. For sure. So this somehow turned into a speaker lab plug and this is not what it is, but it's just you're <laughs> part of your journey. And so I, I really appreciate you sharing, sharing that, but I'd love to know why speaking is, isn't speaking the number one fear, right? It's like the number one fear. And so I'm always so impressed with speakers because there's something that was ignited in you that said, I want to be a speaker. So what was that? What made you want to be a speaker? I appreciate this question. I'll first off by answering why I never wanted to be a speaker. When I was when I was first starting to read in, I remember it was out loud, reading out loud in front of my other peers. I was in third grade and I, I was born and raised in America, but English isn't my first language. So I remember reading and I couldn't read out loud because of my fear of public speaking. And plus I wasn't the best English, let's say, speaker at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember just bombing and then people laughing. And my teacher, Mrs. Fowler said, how dare you all laugh. And I never forgot that emotion, even until I became a flight attendant. And you know, flight attendants have to do PAs, public announcements, which is a public speaker role. I would hide behind what we call the galley, the little Mm -hmm. kitchen area. And I would grab that PA and I would go and I'll pull the cord as far as I can and hide just so no one could see me. And that's how I knew I didn't like fit into this role. But when I watched Martin Luther King's speeches or when I watched TEDx talks, my favorite one from Sean Aker about positive psychology. And I remember like, wow, they are making an impact using their voice and singers who who have little monologues in between their songs. I was like, wow, they're they're touching me. And I would love to do that, but I'm that third grader who's laughed at. Mm-hmm. And it held me back until I would join the Toastmaster event. And they said, we need someone to come in to do a, basically an improv speech. So it's what they have every event. And I did it and no one was laughing and everyone was smiling. And people said, wow, you really have this, this gift to speak and, and care about what you're saying with hope that it touches people. And I couldn't believe that someone was saying that about me. 
after being addicted to Toastmasters, I, yeah, I was also addicted to TEDx. And I'm using the word addicted in a good way, guys. Not yeah, 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 of course. Exaggerating. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm Italian-American and no, I'm from fine. Germany. <laughs> so we just exaggerate on everything. Like, everything. yo, this one is good. This one is good, bro. <laughs> and the point I'm trying to make is that I, I realized that I really was, let's call it addicted, but into this because it was my devotion, my channel of expressing myself. And hoping that the seeds that I leave on this earth will possibly grow and flourish with positivity. So not not so much having a legend, but doing my part to be the productive citizen and using my skill set, which I really do feel is public speaking. Um, I use the word skill set because I wasn't a natural. Like I told you my story, it it was something I developed, Mm. but I knew that sharing and using my voice was the way. And after I was invited to a couple of TEDx speeches and after yeah, moderating some and also just being a part of this community where there was other speakers, I said, hey, this can go from a hobby to a career. Mm-hmm. And I got a couple of certifications under my belt. And then I said, wow, now with these certifications, I can possibly share the message of my message is more about emotional intelligence and managing our emotions and finding our self-worth how can I make that impact that I wish I had when I was in my twenties or when I was in third grade. Mm. So then people can also have a route to, to overcome. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was a long road, but I'm here and I'm I'm still, I still, I want to be honest with everyone listening. It's still a road ahead of me. I mean, every day I'm, I'm trying to get leads and some are promising and some are about to close and then they don't email me back and some close with me just talking to them for 10 minutes and then some some cancel because of covid but i know i'm living for what i believe in and not to pay my rent or to pay for this microphone i'm using and doing it because i love it it's awesome it's it's interesting you go back to that third grade experience and and you speaking up and all the silly kids making fun of you whatever but what stood out for me was Mrs. Fowler because she stood up for you. She stood yeah. up for you. And when at a time, a lot of teachers may have been silent and yeah. something inside of you. Yes. It, it took the kid that was made fun of, but it also took the inspiration that people will stand up for you and you have to stand up for yourself and you have to go after yeah. what you believe in. So it's interesting. Like the whole time you're talking, I'm like, Mrs. Fowler planted a whole nother seed though in him opposite of what yeah. the kids did. Yeah, Mrs. Fowler, she goes, my name is Mrs. Fowler. Don't call me flower. But <laughs> what she did was plant like right now a seed to yeah. grow a flower and not only stand up for yourself, but stand up for anyone else. No one should ever knock anyone down for reading out loud or for following her dream. Oh, you can't do that. That's it's not the right time. It's COVID. You know, you can't. I understand that we have to be somewhat rational before we give it all up. And, and I understand that. That's why I still do have. I'm still a flight attendant. I'm still pursuing other things on the side as far as e-courses. But my point is that I'm, I started this journey with the speaker lab and I'm moving forward. And until I run out of all my resources and tools and after a thousand rejections, maybe I'll say, Hey, I'll I'll go back to being a speaker as a hobby, but I I won't, I won't stop until a thousand. And that's, that's still a long, long way. Yeah. Well, maybe just get rid of plan B and just focus on plan A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a plan B. You know, yeah. sometimes when you're going after your passions, it's it's easy to be like, well, this is plan A and this is plan B, but I've told so many people get rid of plan B, 
just focus on plan A. I agree. I agree. It's yeah. Unless plan B lines up with plan A. <laughs> well, <laughs> sure, sure. But you know, one thing at a time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So talk a little bit more, you touched on it, but talk a little bit more about your speaking topic and who's your ideal audience. It goes from corporate to associations and even to some professional athletes. My whole message is to, to go within and use that force. So emotional intelligence are my keywords and managing your emotions are my keywords. However, going within and, and appreciating that third grader or that younger soul, making sure that it's it's coming out into this world with love and joy. Because yes, it's hard to sell that to a corporate world, how love yourself and your love, inner child. But if we use the tactics that I'm using as far as finding that inner peace and mm-hmm. understanding how our heart rate and our breath line up. I know many people say that you, if you don't know your audience, you don't, you're speaking to no one. But I know a lot of people can use these tools. So mm-hmm. Basically, as far as the corporate world, I know a lot of big decision makers and leaders have a hard time controlling their breath and their heart rate and managing their emotions. So, yeah. yeah. And I know basketball players too here where I'm, I'm currently located in Germany for another two months, but I know the teams here, they have a hard time focusing on those last minute plays and it's all connected with the breath and the heart rate. So spreading that message to a wide audience may not be, let's say what everyone considers to be the most strategic, but I know that the more I push it out there and the more I I experience those audiences, the more I feel uh, I'm speaking to the ones that I, I appreciate and that appreciate me. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard when you have a topic that's not like, you know, sales or executive leadership or, you know, when you have more of a, not, not that it's woo woo, it's really not woo. woo. I mean, you're talking about connecting your breath to, to your heart like that. There's nothing woo woo about that, but for some people, it's kind of like, well, what's the tangible outcome, right? So if you, if you were on a sales call and you were trying to pitch yourself, like what, what is the tangible outcome for, for this type of talk and, and the impact that you make, what, what's the ultimate transformation that you can give someone by listening to your talk? Ultimately, when we do conscious breathing and definitely sounds woo woo because it really does line up with so are you going to put essential oils in the room too and no i'm not putting essential oils i actually have 18 publications that prove that when we control our breath and lower our heart rate by choice alone this is not just something athletes do or endurance athletes do to run 100 miles which this is really common nowadays yeah when you lower your heart rate you you're able to manage your thoughts and your emotions and you, you endure more for your running. So the same applies to anyone who's making a decision. So the tangible outcome is to be more focused, to, to know that you're not making a decision that's irrational or let's say out of impulse or reacting with mm-hmm. this, let's call it rash decision-making. So that's, that's how I would try to sell it. But ultimately it's, it really is emotional management and, when it comes down to it, it's not just a professional skill set that I that I teach. It's also a family or for personal. If you think about it, everyone has triggers. And I talk about those triggers and I talk about how, let me put this in the best way I can. We sometimes become slaves to our emotions. And what I try to teach is to be, to work with them 
And I'm not trying to suppress anything, no grief, no sadness. No, no. I'm trying to say, let's work with them. Right. Because when we become slaves to our emotions, well, then that becomes a characteristic trait. Like, oh, he's that sad, miserable guy. Or he's, or she's that, that, that reactive, explosive girl from Jersey. You know, she just doesn't think she just <laughs> explodes. You know, she's like, what'd you say? You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I was born and raised there and I'm, I'm just in Germany because I, I fell in love with not just, but I fell in love with a German woman. But my point <laughs> is the, the idea is that we don't have to be victims anymore. Mm. We could just team up and, and be survivors. Yeah. And if we or thrivers <laughs> or thrivers. Yeah. Uh, that's all, all three go from victim yeah. to survivor yeah. to thriver. You know, we, we see a wide range of students. We've seen students who have been on thousands of stages and students who haven't been on any stages, right? And entrepreneurship will teach you some of the most profound lessons. It'll beat you down and you have to keep getting back up. And I don't say right. that to scare anyone. It's just fact. Like there, there's going to be some really tough times. And if you allow ego to take over too much and it controls every action that you take. Cause you're on this like wheel of how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? You're so out of your body that right. the passion gets squashed. The inspiration gets squashed. The reason why you're doing this gets squashed. I just did a podcast with our lead coach and we were talking about, you know, what and why versus how. And I think what you talk about really drives that home. It's like that emotional management or that emotional intelligence. It's, it's really deciphering when to be in the how brain versus when to be in the what and why brain. Right. And they're very different. They're very different. And, and how could, could really, if you don't have your what and why figured out, staying in the how brain could really catapult yeah. you into victimhood versus what and why, which will catapult you into passion. So yeah. it's important Absolutely. to be aware. And then, you know, a lot of people will ask, well, how do I even test that? You know, and, and, Another thing that I do is I put people in ice baths where the temperature is, I can't tell you in Fahrenheit, but it's yesterday I did that for two degrees. Yeah. Two degrees Celsius, which is really, really cold. And I was working with a cryptocurrency company and they're really stressed at the time. I mean, I think crypto is just, it's, it's, a, it's a unique world to be in. And they said for the first time they were able to see how their breathing in the ice at the first second is shocking how it correlates so similarly to their day mm. and how they're breathing shallowly and how their, their heart rate rises and how they're, they're not focused. They're not in the zone. They're just always worried. Why I'm sharing that is because that ice bath or any ice shower or any cold shower really does prove how much your breath and your heart play a role in your, your whole process of thinking and, and the way that you can actually feel. Mm-hmm. And I talk about the scientific benefits as well when it comes to, I mean, athletes take cold showers every day because of the recovery, but the, the whole psychological aspect is where I'm sharing the message of, of using that to your advantage. Plus mm-hmm. it, that'll wake you up and it's cheaper <laughs> than coffee. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole, we won't get into all that, but the, all the hormonal benefits of like the catecholamines and releasing cortisol and like all, all that, that, that stuff that most people aren't aware of because you know why, but it's yeah. really important, you know, especially in the world that we live in now, like we, what do we breathe 80% of the time, uh, like labored, like just on the surface, 
So we only 20% of our day, we're actually taking a deep breath, which is terrible. <laughs> like right. it's just terrible. Um, and, and, you know, the effects of age and stress and, and all of that, like there's so many people who are walking around overweight, under-energized, lacking sleep, and it has a lot to do with all of this. So it's interesting. When did you know, like as a speaker, I mean, here's this, this little three-year-old boy, he's like, doesn't want to do anything with speaking out loud. Fast forward 20 years and here you are on stages uh, getting booked and paid to speak. When did you know that you were in the right place, that you made the right decision as a speaker? When people would come to me after and thank me and and I always appreciate their, their gratitude. And when I say, well, it's just really you and I who connect and you can take this with you and work on whatever that project is an uh, inner issue mm-hmm. but when it's that it's the people who who come to me after and say this this is a blessing this is the most i've given myself as far as true self-care not just let's say no offense but like a makeup product this it was true self-care mm-hmm. and done alone in the sense of with his own or her own breath with her controlling herself in the ice bath and this to me was just proof alone that I, I maybe I'm not making millions, but I know that I'm making trillions in impact in the mm-hmm. sense of emotional impact. So and I don't care so much about the money. I care about what's happening to people and it keeps me going and it keeps me focused on, I'm making sure I keep on spreading this message. So it's the, it's the people who come to me afterwards that mm-hmm. say, this is what I needed to hear. And I remember when I was 25, I, I remember when I heard this message, I said, this is what I needed to hear and using it. So I wrote it on my website. You know, you can be inspired and have motivation, but if you don't implement those tools, then, it, then it's just a really cool movie that you just watched, mm. but nothing more than just a cool movie. And I, I'm hoping that when people implement it, and they come to me after, or they email me a couple of months after, and, and we become sort of friends through the internet and share this, this beautiful story, hoping that it'll touch other people too and have a ripple effect that's worth it all. Hey friends, do you know the five steps to book more gigs and get paid as a speaker? Well, if not, listen up, because these same five steps to help me to grow a seven-figure speaking career are all laid out in great detail in my latest book, The Successful Speaker. Five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, and building your platform. Whether you want to speak as a side hustle or your dream is to become a full-time professional speaker, I know what it takes. I share all of that with you in this definitive step-by-step roadmap. Let me be your guide. Learn from my mistakes. Get paid what you know you're worth to share your unique message on stage. If you want to read the first chapter for free or just check out the book, go to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash book. Check out your copy of The Successful Speaker. The passion that you have found for this topic that you're doing Talk about how that really inspires you every day to stay in it. You started the podcast by saying like, I'm not going to lie, like this stuff's hard. It's hard to to get rejected. It's hard to get the nose. But I really do think the speakers that are so locked into their passion behind what they're doing tend to be the most successful. So talk about how that passion really fuels you. 
I truly practice what I preach. So every single day I take a cold shower and even if I'm really tired and I do my breathing sessions alone, even if I'm really tired, I've always find that time to do it because that's something I need to gift myself before I'm a great husband, before I'm a great father. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm a stay at home dad at the moment. So when my wife comes home from the hospital, she's a doctor, I go into the speaker lab mode and I do my marketing and I do my reach outs. So I have to do this all before little man wakes up and <laughs> I need to, I need to make sure I fill up my cup before I can even think about giving to my son. And I know, cause I, I had days where, when I didn't fill up that cup and I was a different father and then I'll, I'll be completely honest. I've seen people who preach something and then they do something different. It's like they, they, that's what's driving me. It's, it's because I see the effect. I see that my energy and my, my, my blood, the circulatory system just feels alive. And again, the publications are proving it, but I also feel it. I'm, yeah. I'm gone. I've gone so within my own body and my heart rate that I know who I am on a psychological level and a physiological level. And mm-hmm. I want people to understand that they too can know who they are and not just be a part of a system that they didn't choose to be a part of, but yet they are running into that course because that's the only one that they know. And that's okay if they choose it, but if they don't choose it, well, I like when people can at least have the realization like, well, I know I have a choice and I'm still choosing the route that was already paved instead of mm-hmm. making their own. So that that's what keeps me going. Yeah. That I, I see the, the effects. Some people might be listening going, well, I don't, I don't know how to adjust my heart rate, or I don't know, what is this breathing exercise? I don't know, like how cold does the shower have to be? And we don't need to get into all of that. But the point is this, it's there, there is a, a power to being silent, right? And this is like the benefits of coaching, right? Coaching gives you that space to think we humans don't give ourselves the space to think we just don't like, unless you journal. I mean, I do in the morning, I, I take time to be silent. I journal like, and it's been the, the, the greatest gift that I've given myself. If I go a couple of mornings and I don't do that, I can feel it. Yeah. Everything's annoying. Everything's like low energy. <laughs> so we don't even need to complicate this. So anybody who's listening and they're like, well, how do you know when you're in that space of high vibe energy, passion, and how do you know when you're in that space of victim low energy, you will feel it. And then the more conscientious you become of it and you practice, it is a skill, right? It's, it's a, it's a skill of like awareness, but take a couple of days where you wake up in the morning and you start your morning in complete silence and stillness, even if it's for 30 seconds, Yeah. but that you will get, I call them downloads. You'll get downloads about what you need that day. Like maybe you need to walk. Maybe you need to go have lunch with a friend. Maybe you need to journal more, whatever it is. Um, but you, you will start getting these little downloads of, of that self-care need for the day. And then when you start taking action, because words are just words, right? So to your point, actions speak louder than words. When you start taking actions on these things, quote unquote, that you need, and you start fulfilling them, well, all of a sudden you start showing up at a different frequency, right? Absolutely. And your passion, it's like, you are, you are on fire with life. And so you are thriving when you stand on stage and you're that person who's so in tune with what their heart rate or the way that they breathe, breathe that day, their stillness, their needs, you're going to show up as a different person. And that energy that you give forth is just going to 
make your topic so much more palpable. Like people are going Absolutely. to be so much more invested in what you're talking about because you're coming from this higher frequency. And it, it's interesting. It's, it's like, you know, you talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, I talk about this thing. You know, I talk about whatever, you know, then you talk to people and you're like, like you, like I talk about this because it matters. It's important, you know? So passion, I, I really feel like passion is so important um, as a speaker. And it doesn't matter what the topic is because when you have 500 people staring at you and you're up there at a high vibe frequency and you're like, and I'm not talking woo woo. I'm just talking about real good, positive energy. And you're commanding the attention of that room. It really does change everything. The whole experience is so much more impactful. So I, I really think that you, you touch on that. And, and I feel that from you, that what you do comes from that place of impact and passion. And you're so tuned into, um, how you get there. And it's like your breathing, your showers, your self-care. And like, I just think that's really, really awesome. And so important. You, you touched on something that you said, you know, you just feel the frequency being different and you notice also very important, the people around you. So my wife, yeah. like you said, there are days I forgot to do my journaling and my breathing. I always do the, I, the cold shower. That's, it's actually really easy now, but it's the, it's the, the breathing and the, the journal. Sometimes I'll, I'll just skip that because we have to run. We have to go to the airport. And she just looks at me. She goes, did you not write in your journal or something? And I'm like, why? She goes, you just, I love you, but you're like a little weird. You're off. And I'm like, you're off. I'm like, yeah. She's, she's trying to be as nice as possible where communication, but she's like, you just, it's like, ah, I didn't fill up my cup. Sorry. So I'm kind of half-assing this morning and you're right. Yeah. Sorry for cursing, but it, it's really the truth. Like it's not mm-hmm. just me who's, at the the level that I don't want to be, but my family who, who depends on me and I depend on them, they feel it. And now let's talk about being a speaker. The audience yes. will feel it. And, and I completely agree. You can fool some people and some people just, they're, they're already sold and they'll, you'll fool them. But is that really, is that really how we want to do what we love or what we say we love? And like I said, I, I have days where I miss them and you, you admitted yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So you had days where you missed it too. And, and mm-hmm. we're human. Yeah. Not robots, but it's, yeah. it's really so true. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. When I first started doing this, this like, you know, sitting silent, it was so hard at first. I was like, oh my gosh, like my head itched, my arm itched, my leg itched. You know? It's like all of a sudden you start because you're tuning in to your body more so than you ever have, right? That, that stillness and that silence. A couple of weeks go by and the bus pulls up and my little guy gets off the bus. He was like in first grade and he comes running up the hill and I'm like, hey, buddy. And he's like, why are you in such a good mood? <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, like on one hand it was bittersweet, right? But the people around you are so in tuned to your energy because it's that reciprocal relationship, especially right. the ones that you live with. They know you're everything good and bad, right? <laughs> and so they're the first ones to tune in. But when you get on stage, people are going to pick up on that too. So um, maybe we should talk about that a little bit more. Like how can speakers really give to themselves? Because there's a, I know whenever I spoke, I would come home and be like, oh, you're Cause you just give everything you have uh-huh. to make sure that experience is top notch. So maybe you could give some tips on like, how can speakers really fill their cup before they get on stage and give everything to their audience? Thank you so much for asking. And I, I know everyone has the, their own process and routine, but I really choose 
consciously to wake up extra early before an event. So Saturday I had the event with the, the crypto company and I decided, all right, the event starts at 10. I'm going to get there at nine. And I'm, it's this is in the morning, by the way, it's a, mm-hmm. it was an early morning activity. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up at seven and I'm only 10 minutes away. And I did everything that I wanted to do. And like I said, the, the journaling, I actually, my wife and I actually wrote our own two minute journal, one minute in the morning, one minute at night. So there's no excuse. And being, mm-hmm. being aware after that, I always take my cold shower and then I do my breathing. And at the end of my breathing session, which is a, it's called the Wim Hof method breathing. Mm-hmm. It's it just, it puts me in such a focus and my adrenaline is up. It's a unique type of breathing. That's not just meditation. Meditation is involved. But after that breathing, I always say, wow, I feel great. And my choices of food are different. I normally skip the coffee. Nothing against coffee. I, I was, I've been drinking coffee since I was five. I told you I'm Italian. Come on. Yeah, you're Italian. My mom's like, you need the espresso to go to school. He needs it. Look, he's a good school because of the espresso. And I really think she believed that at one point. Because I was so alert. I'm like, Ma, I can't wait to study. Can't wait to study. And I really make these choices. Like, ah, you know what? I'm going to skip the coffee because I'm already awake. And I know that it does have an acidic effect on my blood. I, I do pH tests. Uh, for the the events that I do to the smaller ones, not the bigger ones, but point I'm trying to make is I I want my body, I'm gifting my body with the best possibility for the day. And Mm -hmm. when I go there, the the people who are waking up early on a Saturday, you know, these crypto entrepreneurs, they're like, man, how are you so awake and live? And I'm like, you probably had a good night of sleep. I said, no, actually my baby, he just, we just cleared him of not having COVID anymore, but he's still having rough nights and crying. And uh, I was awake many hours of the night. I just filled up my cup. And at the end of the event, I'm really pooped. And my <laughs> wife is like, can you refill up that cup? Because it's only uh, four o'clock here, buddy. I actually took a nap mm-hmm. and I took a cold shower again the breathing again. And I was awesome. more than functional. I wasn't perfect. I was more than functional uh, yeah. father and husband, but it was, it was hard because I gave my yeah. heart for four hours. That's a common question we get. How do I prepare to get on stage? And like, how do I get myself from just being like a regular human to now commanding the attention of this room and then delivering, you know, and fulfilling well, this promise? I appreciate you asking because I actually never really spoken to anyone about this. So I'm hoping that someone can hear this and be in the position that I was like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. But I always, I always go by myself. One time I had a TEDx event and didn't have a private room. So I just was in the bathroom stall and just breathing and imagining what I hoped for, but being by myself mm-hmm. because I'm about to give my all to everyone else. So I had to give to myself and just really caring about that third grader. Uh, I usually think of a, my five-year-old self, but because this is the theme of our, our podcast today, the third grader, <laughs> I would go back and just confirm, hey, you're worthy. This is going to be your heart and you can never go wrong if you're giving from your heart. I truly believe in that. I know that yeah. you can mess up. Like, well, the intention was good, but he, he really messed up. But yes, maybe he didn't deliver a hundred percent, but when you're actually giving with your heart, you, you can still say, I tried. And that's what I'm hoping right. my son learns at the end of the day. That, like, I, I tried my best. I really tried my best. And I can only do that if I get that little alone time about 10 minutes before the experience. And then boom, boom, shake the room. I, I'm ready. <laughs> Are you an um, introvert, extrovert? I, I, think, I think we all know. 
I'm no, an extrovert. I'm, are I'm, you? I'm are you? as extroverted as they come. I, okay. If I'm, I'm, yeah, but that, that was a huge lesson I had to learn because I was always trying to get my energy from collaborating. And I needed to also realize how to do it by myself. So how did mm-hmm. I recharge by being by myself? So it was really, I would say it was harder for me to go within and be silent and find that inner strength mm-hmm. by myself rather than being a speaker. Because speaker, I could just figure out by watching some videos and trying a lot of tips and tricks and storytelling. But when it came down to finding silence and and being happy with myself, right? That was a that was a really difficult challenge. But then I became, I guess you could say, a couple of more percent higher of an introvert because mm-hmm. I, said, I need this time. I asked because I think a lot of people assume as speakers, of course you're extroverted, you know. But I'm actually an introvert extrovert, so uh. I love to be alone and have my own time. But when I'm with people, you know, my cup runneth over in terms of energy. Like I can give, give, <laughs> give, give. give. But after a little while, like I need to go back into my little cocoon and be away in order to get recharged. So when I'm with people, I don't necessarily get charged. I just have joy of charging other people up, but then I need to be alone to get back into my skin. (laughs) I know this is a podcast to ask me questions, but can I ask you a question? Oh, sure. So you obviously are self, you're aware of, of that. Would you say that was something that came natural or would you say that's something that you had to also, it took time to, to figure out? Or was it something you knew since you were high school? Oh, I need my break or. I came from a very large family and the youngest of seven and our house was always hustling and bustling, you know, seven equals 14. Cause everybody has a friend there. You know what I mean? So <laughs> the friends, the girlfriends, the boyfriends, the dogs, you know, so I always would like sneak away, go off on my own just to be alone. I, I couldn't define it then when I was younger. But when I did that experiment back in 2005, and I just, I had read, read a book and I started taking this time alone in the morning, first thing, that's when I could define like, wow, like I really need time alone because I'm a giver and a nurturer and I love to give forward, but I also need to like give to myself, which I'm not always good at. So back in 2005 is when I defined that need. I didn't define it when I was younger. I don't know if I really answered the question. No, you did. You early. did. In 2005, yeah. there was a there was a transformation, and I yeah. think that was that was my question. Can I ask like what specifically happened in 2005, if you don't mind me asking, that allowed for you to say I need to change? Yeah, I mean, we're raising three kids and chaos. My husband worked in the city. It was just like a lot of chaos, you know. So, but there was too many nights where I would put my head on the pillow, going, oh, "I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have did that. I should have been more patient." Yeah. And I was sick and tired of being sick and tired with myself. I was just like, I need to really like, what's the best version of me? And it was this book by Matthew Kelly, the rhythm of life. And I'm like, I need to create a rhythm to my life. I'm so busy creating everybody else's rhythm. Yeah. But if I don't do it for myself, it's like that whole thing on the plane. When the oxygen drops, you have to give to yourself first before you give it to the little guy next to you. Otherwise you're all gone. You know? So that was a pivotal moment for me where I was like, you know what? I need to start giving a little bit more to me so that I could give all that I have because I have so much to give. But every night I'm feeling like, oh, I didn't do that good. I didn't do that good. So that that was why. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. That really, yeah. like you said, all stay-at-home moms, dads, or anyone who doesn't even matter. If you, if you realize you have not given your, are we really giving our best to them if we're not taking care of ourselves? But like, what, what do you want me to find this time? 
guru Francesco. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to act like a guru. I'm just saying that I can't cook really well with love if I'm starving. Like right. I have to cook the meal and I'm just, I'm starving. Like I'm just rushing the process, burning, burning the onions. Now that we have crispy onions. But my point is that I, I really appreciate you sharing that because it's, you know, we have to practice what we preach and I do. And I can also see how it's still difficult to give to yourself. But even if it's 10 minutes a day, I really believe it, it's going to help the audiences that I'm working with, anyone who's listening to, that it does help collaborations and teams. And obviously us be, being better caretakers or not just caretakers in the sense of kids, but a flight attendant, is, when a flight attendant is fully charged, they're better flight attendants. It's just, yeah. and, and if a leader of a team is fully charged, he's a better leader. Same thing as a speaker. You got hired to do a specific job. And in that job is to make an impact. It's to get people to think differently, to be differently, to learn something different, a better way, a different strategy. If you're not at your best, and I'm not saying, listen, there's many speakers who get on stage and they just lost a loved one. They're sick with the disease. When we say the best, I'm not saying like in and out, you're perfect because there's times where you're going to have to get on stage and the life around you is not perfect. But in order to be the best, you have to be where your feet are in that moment and yeah. you're on stage and you have a job and an obligation to make the impact that you're there to make. And so be the best version of yourself in that moment yeah. for yeah. that time. You know, great point. Great point to j- drill in there because I think that that's what I'm hoping people don't see because you, you can't be perfect 24 seven, but if you're trying to give yourself that best opportunity. And I remember to give you a quick story the day before I was about to give a TEDx, which to me was my biggest moment, right? This is yeah, my glory amazing. United Airlines, the company I work for, said, um, Francesco, unfortunately, we have to furlough you. And I'm like, my wife's pregnant, <laughs> first baby. And I was like, I'm about to give a speech. I'm, I'm in Germany, far from my family. Yeah, I, I had to really go within and say, it's not about United Airlines right now. It's not about nine months am I going to be able to afford rice and beans for my family? It's not about that. It's right now it's about sharing a message mm-hmm. that will hopefully touch people's hearts and have a ripple effect and, yeah. n- and have nothing to do with ego or Francesco and follow me. No, it's maybe my story is relative to you and maybe you can find a route to this, this way out or way in whatever you yeah, want. Look, the way we're through. Yeah. <laughs> I love how this podcast took a life on of its own around passion because speakers have to have a passion for what they're doing. I don't, I don't care if you're talking to executive teams, sales departments, uh, associations, faith-based, it doesn't matter, but to bring that passion. And then how do you manage that passion? How do you do that? That self-care. It's so, so important because we can get into these conundrums. We're just, we're just like, go, 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 go book the gigs, get the gigs, go to the things, you know? And all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're just drained. You're just drained. And so it's so important to manage your emotions, to have that self-care, to take care of yourself, this vessel that you're using day in and day out to, to show up as the best version of yourself, to get on those stages and crush it. And I, I think sometimes we take it lightly and we need to take it more seriously and really take care of ourselves first so that we can show up as our best. So what an excellent message and gift you gave to us today, Francesco. I really, really appreciate all your insight around that. Well, thank you for having me. And I, I hope our, our jerseyness really 
<laughs> touch people and hopefully, uh, yeah, keep them going down this this road. And and if there ever is a moment where you do lose that passion, and which I would say sometimes, I'm like, is this all worth it? And then I realize, yeah, it is. When I look at my why, and I look at the the true sense of why I'm doing this, because like I said, I'm I'm not looking to do this for trillions. I'm really looking to do this to not only help that 25 year old version of me, but hopefully help anyone who's who's understanding of this. Something's got to change, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. And if you, whatever your message is and let that be what keeps you going forward, because without passion, without energy, without this drive and without this true sense of giving, then we're basically just, we're doing something for a specific reason, which is okay. And, and I've been there mm-hmm. with other jobs in the past, but as a speaker, I just, I just don't see that adding up. And if it does, High five to you, but your last seconds here, you're going to be like, damn, I really didn't put my all into it. And that's okay too, I guess. Yeah. Well, you never want to look back and say, what if I, Mm. (laughs) you know, so, and I don't think anybody has the perfect recipe or ratio, but it's this, this combination of passion, self-care and being the best version of yourself. And, And that's when we make our best impact. You know, that that's when we really drive this impact home. So, um, and that's different for everyone. I love the message. I really do. I love the message and I appreciate you sharing it. We'll link to where people can find you. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Speaker Lab has just been a huge blessing. Community, the the classes, the weekly group meetings. Wow, wow, wee, wow. Amazing. Uh, Awesome. Well, we love having you. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.